Welcome to the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast, a southern harmony of bold, liberating rock, soaked through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jeremy Hunsaker. Welcome back to the sixth episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. Thank you, as always, to all the listeners, all the downloads, people participating on the Facebook page. We appreciate that uh, very much. With me, as always, is my uh, partner, friend, co-host, Jeremy Hunsaker. How you doing today, brother? <laughs> uh, I'm tired, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I got up at 530 and I had to do a bunch of homework and um, and then I had to go to the studio. We're mixing on the driving wheel record and in class. And um, yeah, after we do this, I'm going to do more homework until, until Nate gets here and go to rehearsal. So wow. uh, yeah, it's going to oh, be. Man. You're burning the candle at both ends, brother. Yeah, well, somebody's <laughs> got to get something done, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we had very uh awesome guest in ben lewis former bass player for bishop gun uh uh, i enjoyed that thoroughly uh learned some things learned about the porch tour but we will get into that later let's uh let's take it into uh the vinyl ventures well vinyl ventures uh this week well big news of course record store day dropped um the first uh, portion anyway because of COVID um, record store day has been extended over like uh, three dates I guess um, the first date was Saturday um, so of course I picked up the uh, pink vinyl pressing of Lions by the Black Crows um, which sounds amazing um, especially compared to the CD a much maligned record a lot of people cited as their least favorite Black Crows record, which it's certainly their most different. You know, it, it's um, it's very uh, it's almost schizophrenic <laughs> um, in in how it takes corners and but it, it's it sounds really good on vinyl. The the record store day release is you know two thumbs up for me. The only issue I really have with it is. You know, like the first four songs just run right into each other with no break. Well, they cut the first side off after three songs. So Come On doesn't go right into um, No Use Lion. Um, so that was kind of jarring and different. Um, you know, without getting into the, the song, the songs themselves, it's a, it's a really good sound impressing, really good record. Um, I picked up a few other things. I picked up the G, uh, excuse me. I forget which Ray Charles record I picked up. I picked up a really good Ray Charles record. Um, and, uh, I picked up the purple vinyl of, um, Fleetwood Mac Mirage, mastered by Chris Bellman. So we know it sounds great. Um, yeah, I grabbed a few things. They're not like, um, not all coming off the top of my head. But yeah, I've been spending a lot of records. Um, good stuff. Most definitely. Been on a big Fleetwood Mac kick um, the past few days. So, We're talking original 
Peter Green Fleetwood Mac? Or are we talking that, all of it? All okay. I love all eras of Fleetwood Mac. Um, so yeah, definitely. Um, then play on Fleetwood Mac in Chicago. Um, Bob Welch era. There's some Bob Welch stuff thrown in. Um, getting ready for the new box set that's coming out. And then uh, Tusk is one of my favorite albums uh, by anybody ever. And, uh, you know, again, kind of a, a maligned record in the Fleetwood Mac Au revoir, if you will. It's just really, really great songs, really uh, deep, um, you know, dealing with emotions and things like that, which, you know, I was talking to myself as I was going out the door earlier. You know, I saw myself going and I was like, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> you know. Um, so sometimes it's it's good to kind of get in touch with those feelings and, and remember that, you know, hey, you're a human being and not a machine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. And uh, a lot of a lot of Rolling Stones in the days before that, I went on a pretty big, uh, you know, Stones kick, which doesn't take much for me to do, seeing as they're one of my favorite bands. But, you know, I went all over the place with that. So um, I've got the uh, mono box set, which is amazing. Um, those early 60s records were literally made to be played in mono. Um, and then I have the uh, recent half-speed mastered box set that came out a couple years ago, um, mastered by Miles Scholl at Abbey Road. So I went through and uh, you know kind of cherry-picked some of that stuff and listened to that. And, of course, I got some original copies. My XL on Main Street, I, I still go to my original artisan promo copy which is unbeatable so and i finally get to add to the vinyl ventures you know i i uh confessed my sins that i uh, i was so anxious <laughs> so i went and bought the the walmart victrola special and you know sound really good but i'm like yeah this uh tone arm is way too light and and i'll still use that for the cd player and it's got the little cassette on the side i got some old cassettes my brother and I made when we were kids and get that transferred to some sort of digital format. And, but I went and got a one or I order a one by one and it's really sweet turntable. You know, I've got my speakers now. I just got the headphone amp. So I'm about ready, ready to go. And I did, I picked up a live, uh, Gary Clark Jr. From 2018. It's escaping me at the moment where it's from, but, and I got Tom Petty's greatest and, you mentioned Exile on Main Street. I got that coming. I got Damn the Torpedoes from Tom Petty coming. And I have Aerosmith Rocks also on the way. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just, uh, like I, I said to you when we were chatting before, a while ago, a few days, whatever, week ago, whatever it was, and that when I'm listening, I, I've listened to a shit ton of Tom Petty for 20, 25 years. I'm hearing nuances and things that I've never heard before. You know, I mean, it's like I was explaining, like I can hear like the combined harmony and the separate harmony distinctively at the same time, where it's like when we talk about CD, everything seems like pressed into, you know, I feel like I don't always hear like the individual nuances. So I'm... uh Yeah, a lot of digital music gets compressed really and hard limited to the point where um, it kind of takes that the sound of the room out of the music, like it's all up at the top, and you know, it's, it's like it's fighting itself to get out. And uh, especially when it's got like exaggerated bass and the top end's really pronounced, 
Um, and whereas, you know, with vinyl, you know, like I said, it's kind of mastered a little bit more sympathetically to the music and it sounds a bit more real. Um, and it's something that I'm kind of fighting with, you know, right now, um, mixing my own record and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, it's such a frustrating venture, really. Um, it's almost depressing um, because, you know, on some level, you know, people expect it to pop out of the speakers, expect it to jump. I sent one of the mixes to a friend and she told me, uh, she's like, yeah, man, I just I can't crank it up quite loud enough, you know, and and um, and I know what, what she was getting at, too. Like, I get it. You know, because it wasn't compressed and it wasn't limited and, you know, there was no mastering. But also, you know, like I'm trying to kind of keep some of the dynamic intact, like what you're hearing when you listen to, to vinyl. And, uh, you know, so it's it's not even a balancing act. You know, it's it's a damned if you do and damned if you don't situation. And uh, and, and I don't know if it's just because I'm literally so tired and I've been trying to get all this done while doing everything else that it seems like I'm, I, f I feel like I'm dropping the ball, you know, and like, um, you know, like, am I, should I even be doing this? You know, like, cause mm -hmm. all I want to do is play music really. Mm -hmm. And make in, in 2020 making records is almost like, what's the point? Um, especially now if you can't play shows behind it. Um, but at the same time, you know, we put all this work into it and everything that we want them to just make it, you know, be as good as possible and ultimately press some vinyl records up and, you know, have physical copies. Um, but, you know, do I, do I press, you know, or do I smash the shit out of it for digital and, and blow it up the way that most people expect digital to be now, like for Spotify and, and things like that, and then just keep the dynamics intact for the vinyl. And when you do that, it comes back to what you were saying. It's like, wow, I hear more, you know, nuances and I hear like, you know, the separation and I hear, you know, it sounds like real music as opposed to the digital thing. So, I mean, neither one's better or worse, you know, it's almost kind of cool to have both as a, uh, you know, like to go from one to the other so you can hear the difference, you know, I don't know. You said it, you can hear the room. Yeah. I swear I can hear the room. Well, I'm looking forward to damn the torpedoes because, of course, that was done at yeah. Sound City, and yeah, you know, about like that 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 Sound City made you know set the standard for the drum sound, and so I'm really looking forward to listen to that on vinyl through the headphones from yeah, Sound I City. To that, that White Fleetwood Mac album mastered by Chris Bellman, uh, and it was recorded at Sound City, the first one with Lindsay and Stevie, so. I mean, so yeah, the the drums in that room are just amazing. You know, Nirvana, Nevermind, and on and on, so forth. Um, I mean, I don't know anything, but I do like the sound of good drums. So, let's talk about Bootleg Corner. Woo! Um, Georgia Satellites, live at Reading, nineteen eighty-seven. Then uh, today, earlier. Um, when I was reading, I, I listened to that show. Rick Richards is just the man. And so is Dan Baird. All right. But Rick Richards is a special guitar player. And, and I don't think we've ever talked about the Georgia Satellites on the show, which seems kind of inconceivable in a way. Um, but the Georgia Satellites are awesome. And uh, that show in particular, live at Reading 1987, 
Um, you can find it, you know, on any multitude of torrent sites. Um, it's also on YouTube, I believe. And um, just really fun covers. A band, like, hitting their their peak, their prime. They're hitting it, and they know it. So they have that confidence, but it's still loose and swagger. Um, and jamming and just, you know, all the things that you look for in in a, in a live show that that shows in particular uh one of my favorites and I, I spun that earlier and it reminded me of why i love them so much um so if anybody has a chance to check that out it's a good one and in keeping with the rick richards theme i uh went to an izzy stradlin and the juju hound show from the metro in chicago wow really Feb- yeah february 1993 um again like that band it still kind of breaks my heart you know and i know that it breaks jimmy asher's heart and we probably need to try and get jimmy to be on the show at some Mm -hmm. point um but that band was awesome they were killing it rick richards jimmy asher's charlie quintana on guitar and izzy stradlin on guitar and vocals excuse me charlie quintana on drums izzy said that's how tired i am (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Izzy on guitar and vocals and um, if if anybody has missed out on that Juju Hounds LP in in and of itself um, Ian McLaughlin from the Faces plays a lot of the keyboards on it. Uh, Ronnie Wood is on um, Take a Look at the Guy and uh, of course Mark Ford uncredited um, playing guitar and bong rips on train tracks and somebody (laughs) so uh yeah like it's a really fun fun record um and it's aged extremely well um and it's it's sad that you know that that juju hounds came to such a quick end uh because i would have really liked to have seen where that could have went um but that show the metro sorry uh, go ahead oh i learned a lot about that when you know when when uh dave and ian had jimmy asher stun their state of america that was see i haven't heard that interesting yeah you got to check that one out i will i will as soon as, as soon as i get as soon as i get time um you know that's that's the one thing i really don't have any abundance right. of. like right. um, the music that i've been listening to over the past few days has been while i'm doing homework or while i'm doing something else which is not how i prefer to listen to music i really right. like to sit back and concentrate on it and let it envelop me but um I haven't been afforded that luxury, which might explain some of my inherent moodiness over the past few days. <laughs> understand, like, brother, understand. Uh, as well, if it brightens your mood at all, uh, you will be getting a copy of the Pearl Jam uh, Lollapalooza 92 from Harriet Island, St. Paul. That, that to, does yeah. brighten my mood slightly. Talk to my buddy Kev. He'll, he's doing a couple copies. I'll get them. I'll mail that one out to you rock thank you yeah you're welcome you're welcome like with the stones too i mean like a brussels affair that that yeah yeah that's one of my favorite shows by anybody ever and um the four lp goat's head soup deluxe is uh two of the discs are brussels affair so i put my pre-order in on that early uh, to have that on on wax, that's um, that's coming coming to Vinyl Ventures near you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Goat's Head Super Remixed, 
and then bonus tracks on another disc and then Brussels affair. So, um, you know, I'm kind of faunching at the bit and biding my time and all that, but I know that it'll get here soon enough. So I have a lot to look forward to in the upcoming weeks. I just, um, it's hard to see the forest for the trees right now. (laughs) (laughs) Right on, right on. Well, uh, we got to talk to Ben Lewis, formerly Bishop Gunn. Good stuff. Talked about bass gear, talked about opening for the Stones. And you know me, I've got to go right for the jugular. I'm like, what happened? So, <laughs> you know, uh, and Ben's a great guy. And um, I don't know what's going to happen yet. Uh, it does appear that uh, Dragon was going to be playing on October 30th at Rose Music Hall. Um, I'm hoping to be able to get Ben to open for us uh, solo acoustic. So fingers crossed that that goes down the way that we want it to. Well, having said that, that'll be our good segue into uh, for everybody to uh, enjoy our uh, conversation with Mr. Ben Lewis, bass player, formerly a Bishop Gun, now doing his own acoustic thing. He's uh, got the porch door coming, so you're going to hear all about that next. It's a shame we've got to leave this town. Welcome back to this episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. For our first guest this week, we have a musician from Natchez, Mississippi, former bass player for Bishop Gunn, now doing his own thing. We have Ben Lewis. How are you doing, Ben? I'm good. How are y'all doing? Good. And as always, we have... Yeah. For the second week, second week in a row, we get to talk to a bass player. This is awesome. Yep, yeah. yep. I'm a hobbyist bass player, maybe novice at some point, but yeah, it's been the we bass player week here. Nice. So that's we really cool. Together, Very cool. You know? Absolutely, 100% accurate, Ben. So everything's how's everything going for you, Ben? Man, it's uh well, you know, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's been a a year so far <laughs> but uh yeah making the most of it man making so what have you been so what what have you been doing uh to keep yourself occupied during this lovely quarantine um i've been doing uh, a lot of songwriting and recording some some stuff at home and um spending a lot of time with my daughter she just turned a year old and, uh, right on and then i'm also doing um the facebook live um stuff every week from from the back porch back here um and so i've been been staying pretty busy with that kind of make the most of it kids will keep you busy oh man yeah now she's she's mobile so she's she's getting faster every day i'm hip i just turned 12 so you know so now she's trying to you know act like she's 30 so Oh yeah, I think that's about the age. That's what they've been telling me that they start uh, to know everything, and and they don't yeah. like you anymore for a few years. And well, she lives with her mom, so I'm lucky into that. Like I'm still cool, I think. Maybe. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're the cool parent then. 
for lack of a better word. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. I have no kids, just a fur baby that's laying over here to my right, giving me the sad, sad eyes. Waiting for each. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the cat wouldn't wouldn't care enough. Right, to yeah. Eyes. Just... Right. <laughs> How the Facebook Live thing's been going for you there, Ben? Pretty well. I've been having some some issues with Wi-Fi um, here at the cabin. I'm in the little cabin on the Tennessee Tom Bigby Waterway, which is just south of Tupelo, Mississippi. And I'm up here. This is uh, where my girlfriend and daughter are. Um, and I'm from Natchez, so I kind of I go back and forth. Um, from time to time, I got a place down there still, and uh, but I spend most of my time up here. And so the service, the cell phone service, is kind of spotty, and then Wi-Fi hasn't been doing really great here lately. Um, but it seems to be working. Knock on wood tonight. So, um, yeah, I know it. It's pretty up here. I don't know if you can see much. But I got a sunset happening over here. That's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, right really, really pretty. And pretty soon the leaves are going to fall, and we're going to see the waterway a lot better. And so that's oh, really pretty yeah. place. Danny fishing good out place there. To do some writing and good place to do some recording. And about fishing. And yeah, it it is. I'm not much of a fisherman. I'm actually I like to fish, but I'm just really bad at it. Um, really. I just suck at fishing, man. I don't. You're, I mean, it's not. It doesn't seem like much to it. You put a, a line in the water, you know, with some bait on it, and then you catch the fish when it comes to you. But I just can't seem to get it together, man. <laughs> that's that's I a can't find the right thing. spot, you know, and the right temperature and all that stuff. I'm just terrible. And I guess if I really put some effort into it, I could probably do better. But it's just other stuff I would rather be doing, I guess. But. Hell yeah. Well, Jeremy's from Missouri, so he's a little bit closer down there. I'm up here in North Dakota, so it always, you know, you're talking Natchez, you're talking Tupelo, Mississippi. That leads into, you know, what my fascination is. It's a lot to do, obviously, with this podcast is, you know, I just think it's, you know, that's where all the great music comes from is down, down in the south there, you know, and especially in Mississippi, you know, I think, you know, uh, you know, we just, uh, our last episode, we talked to Lightning and Malcolm up yeah. there and, and, uh, went, we talked to, as you know, uh, Drew Fulton from Magnolia Bayou. So we got another yep. Mississippi, Mississippi guy here. Just, I mean, like what I, for me, I just think that that's there and like the Muscle Shoals area in Alabama is just like Mecca, so what can you talk about, like, growing up down there and, and playing music yeah. down there and the bands down there and all that? Yeah, something about that, that uh, the triangle, you know, between Nashville and New Orleans and, and Muscle Shoals, it kind of forms this triangle if you look at it on a map. But, you know, with Mississippi being in the mix of all that, I mean, that's just it's kind of the birthplace of, well, America's music. I guess the that's why they have that on the license plate. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, Natchez is an interesting place, though, man. A lot of old uh, antebellum mansions, like pre-Civil War era stuff. A lot of cool history and um, and a lot of interesting people. And um, you know, I grew up there, and, and you know, I guess it's like anywhere else when you grow up somewhere, you you don't really appreciate it. You don't see it like through a traveler's mindset, you know. Um, and it, so you can't wait to leave, and so I did. And then, of course, the more I traveled, and more places I saw, and I started kind of realizing that, you know, Natchez was a special, special place, you know, it was interesting and 
And um, so, yeah, it was it was a pretty cool place, man. I, I grew up downtown, and um, they always had like blues festivals, and uh, every year in the balloon race was a big a big festival every year. They had hot air balloons and a lot of live music, and um, yeah, it's just a great little spot. If, if everything gets back to normal one of these days, go check it out. Oh, there's yeah. definitely definitely going to be a pilgrimage at some point. Yeah. You on the Facebook Live, like, what do you have anything else on the horizon, or how far, how far are you looking yes. ahead, or? Well, I, you know, it, again, you know, I've, I've said I've tried to make the most of this time that I had, and and um, besides writing um, and recording some stuff here, um, I've got a a '98 Jeep Grand Cherokee that uh, it's just it's like a secondary vehicle. It's um, I've had it for a long time, and you know, stuff keeps happening to it. I just keep fixing it, and then it runs again for a long time. And so I've, I took the time now to do a lot of work on it and kind of learn some new stuff about it. And and it all kind of came together one night when I was playing this uh, out here on the back porch. We've been calling it uh, porch therapy. <laughs> it's you know music from the back porch. And um, people that tune in every week, you know, they, it's, it's really interactive. You know, Facebook Live is and. And um, somebody said, you know, you have to come play on um, play on my porch sometime. And, and I said, you know, that'd be that'd be a good idea. And then the more I thought about it, um, you know, it started to make sense. And I was like, well, you know, it'd be worth a try. Maybe I can just put some feelers out and see who's interested. And so I, I just set up an email account and put a link on Facebook and just said, you know, if you're interested in hosting the show, I'll come to your to your house and and play on your porch and you can invite some friends and um you know we'll take up some donations and i'll sell some merch and then i'll move on to the next place and and uh, so i kind of put together some guidelines and and stuff like that kind of what you know what i predicted or what i was envisioning you know and people just jumped on it man um bands have been doing this thing for the last few years like living room shows kind of like that where they would go to um people's houses and the host would you know either have a potluck dinner byob or they cook something and whatever but you sit down and it's a very intimate one-on-one performance you know 15 or 20 people and um you know and people tip tip you you know money and then they buy your merch or whatever else and you move along and it's, it's been a way for bands to to uh make up for some crappy paying gigs along the way you know Sometimes you're out on the road, man, different venues you don't really do well with. or you know, it's, it's tough making money as a musician under normal circumstances. But, so people would add these kind of shows because they could, you know, compensate for some of that. And, uh, so I kind of took that um, that idea and just put it outside. It's people's porches. And um, so far I've got um, started in mid-September. I'm starting in Natchez. And I'm going to go from there uh, up through Georgia, Tennessee, um, Ohio, and Indiana. Then I'm coming back down um, to Louisiana, over to Texas, and up into Oklahoma. And that's going to take me through um, through October. So I'm going to start routing for the next one probably in the winter months, maybe down in Florida. And then in the spring, I'll go further up north, um, maybe to Fargo. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be there. I got an apartment, so I don't have a porch for you, but I I could probably That's line okay. something up somewhere with somebody. Yeah. 
<laughs> we'll wait for for a good thaw, you know. Like, yeah, like, don't come here south, in the winter. Man, I've got, it's got to be eighty or so before I'm yeah. comfortable. <laughs> yeah, don't come here in the winter. What kind of material are you playing? You got originals? What covers? Yeah. Like what, what? What? Where's your musical spectrum at? Um, there's an album I put out called This Town. It was pre Bishop Gunn, um, but it was with Byrne and Travis from Bishop Gunn. Um, we did a lot of stuff together. Byrne has a studio in Natchez. So he did the, the recording and he played the drums on it. And uh, Travis came in and played some dobro on some stuff and harmonica. Uh, the album's called This Town. Um, and it's under Ben Lewis, um, Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. And I've written um, a lot of songs here that I've been playing on the live stream. They're, they're starting to kind of resonate with people that tune in. And, and then that in the mix of a few cover songs and um, be doing, you know, hour and a half or so worth of material all in total so that's basically what i'm doing and um the other cool thing i'm looking forward to on this tour is um you know i'm, I'm probably going to have monday tuesday wednesdays stuff lined up as my off days and most thursdays too um so three or four days a week i'll have off and then i'll be playing the other three or four depending on, on what's going on but i'm going to try to hit some of these uh, state parks and national parks and things like that and do some camping while i'm out because it's just me by myself you know and, um, oh yeah, I've got love being outdoors. I think the weather's going to be good, and so I've got all my camping gear ready to go. And um, you know, it'll be a a cheap way to to fly, you know, but it'll also be a lot <laughs> of fun. It's just a good, you know, I enjoy that kind of stuff. That'll give me some more time to do some more writing and stuff as well. So I'm just gonna that's the game plan moving forward, man. I'm just gonna keep writing songs and recording them, sharing them with people, and. And doing whatever we can as far as live shows go, whether it's from the back porch on Facebook or from somebody else's porch, I don't know. Whatever I saw it the, takes. I saw the picture of the tent, man. That's very, very cool. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I went camping last weekend, man. The weather was perfect. It was awesome. Oh, I bet. That's still too hot down here, really. Uh, oh, uh, it was to be comfortable, but it was it was you couldn't have asked for anything better, honestly. Yeah, that's great. As well as could be, yeah. so i wanted to ask you just if you can like you know tell abbreviated uh, you know like how did you how did you get into bishop gun how does how did that all come about um well it it did have a lot to do with that album i was um i ran into travis this little place called under the hill saloon uh which is kind of just a a musician's hangout bar there's a band all the time there there's you know it's kind of just um the spot where musicians end up and um you know, I hadn't seen him in a while, ran into him, and he's like, man, um, you got to come meet this guy, Burn. I've been doing some recording with him. He's got a studio. And uh, come up there and, and record some songs if you got some stuff together. And, and so I did, and, and one thing led to another and turned into an album. And then, uh, you know, with the previous lineup, they had a different bass player and a different guitarist. Um, and so I was playing these acoustic shows and I would come open up for them, you know, do an opening set 30 minutes or something and maybe get up and, and play on a song or two sit in or something. And so I just kind of had this working relationship with all of them, um, you know, for a while. And then when they all split up the first time, um, you know, I started writing some songs with Travis and recording on some demos and stuff they were doing. And, um, and then, you know, it kind of came time to, to decide whether or not to do the Bishop Gun thing again, and once that decision was made, and um, they had been working with Drew, um, you know, we'd all been working together for a while, and just decided it was 
you know, it was a good mix and uh, we had a good sound and it was a lot of fun. And so we just decided to, to take it, you know, as far as it would go, which was until New Year's Eve, I think, <laughs> of this so year. the question that's on my mind is, I'm sure everybody wants to ask, what happened? Yeah, that's the big question, isn't it? Um, I, I think everybody was kind of, I don't know, man. It, you know, it, it's still a mysterious thing. People want to kind of pursue their own things and, you know, not knowing how 2020 was going to be, you know, with the coronavirus and everything. It's, you know, um, we were about to take a big step that required a lot of, you know, commitment and it would probably be something that wouldn't be, you know, once you take a step to a certain level, you can't really get back from that, you know, and, and I think people got nervous and I think, um, you know, one thing led to the next and everybody just decided, you know, be best to, uh, take a hard pause and, and, um, you know, reassess everything. And, and um, so, but so before you know, one day, if you, if the Eagles can get back together, you know, <laughs> I mean, those guys, I think they're ready to kill each other, you know, <laughs> and if they so can before, come back for all these farewell tours, then, you know, who's, who knows, who knows before the wind took you guys in your different career direction, you know, uh, there are some really good live pinnacles, you know, I know you guys went over to London or over to, to Britain for a while, but I'm very interested, first of all, in, you know, the shows with Blackberry Smoke. And, of course, we'd like to spend a lot of time on what's it like opening for the Stones. <laughs> we talked yeah. about we talked Blackberry Smoke first and going to the Stones. Sure. Um, yeah, the guys from Blackberry Smoke are just really super cool. I don't know if you ever talked to them or, or met any of them or not, but they're just down to earth, really chill, easygoing guys. Paul, the guitar player, he, he's cool, yeah. man. And Charlie Starr course is just there's really nice people to hang around you know um, my uh, best friend in kansas city was married to paul jackson's cousin so i've got to hang out with him a bit yeah oh um, he's cool man he's yeah, just like he's... laid back whatever you know i, I had the know. pleasure of meeting those guys at a meet and greet and showing madison last september yeah they were just super cool guys yeah all of them just they've been doing it a long time you know and it, it just it, you know, they're easy to deal with and um, they got it figured out, you know, so. And how do you guys end up opening up for the Stones? Do, do they handpick their opening acts? How did this all happen? <laughs> this is going to be fascinating. Um, I'm not really sure how, how involved they are with it or, or what exactly. Um, Mick Jagger, um, so this is kind of how it went down. Um. Mick Jagger has a film company, I believe, or at least part ownership in some kind of film production where he does uh, movies. And he did a movie called Get On Up, um, which was about James Brown. And it was filmed in part in Natchez. So um, his personal assistant um, ended up meeting um, Travis, met her, and they became friends and stayed in touch over the years. And this was before, I mean, he was, he was playing music just doing solo stuff or whatever else. But, um, you know, he was also welding and during the day, you know, and uh, had a son and everything, which he still does, of course. But uh, he just had a, a new baby, and so he was staying at home. And, he's, you know, and uh, but he stayed in touch with her. And over the years, as Bishop Gunn kind of developed, um, 
you know, they were still in touch and everything um, here and there. And so he started kind of reaching out to her and sending her some demos and things like that. And uh, she came to some, to a couple of shows here in the States um, and saw us live and, and, um, and really enjoyed it. And so she, you know, took, took us in, you know, put our name in the hat basically. And I think she had influence on Mick Jagger's, you know, hearing us for the first time. And, um, so that ended up, you know, being that that's what it was. And, um, but the coolest part, man, I think like when they were playing their set, we were out in the audience watching them, you know, and of course they got a, an awesome show. And, um, and, and they said, how about Bishop Gunn opening up the show for us or something like that? Mick Jagger said that and everybody cheered. So it was just cool to hear him say the name of our band, you know, it's like, man, that's just awesome. You know? Hell yes. Uh, besides yeah, that's like, my biggest thrills right there for sure, man. <laughs> yeah. I watched a video of uh, somebody was recording as we were walking on stage from behind us, you know, we were standing on the, on the side of the stage and everything went dark. And then, we started walking out and, uh, <laughs> and I was the first one in line, the first one to walk out. And, uh, you can see in the video, when I start walking out, like I'm walking really fast, you know, cause I'm just excited and kind of nervous and whatever else. And I get a couple steps in and I'm like, okay, I take a couple breaths. And then I just kind of walk out, like trying to be like super cool, you know, I don't, <laughs> but then I, back in my mind, I'm thinking, man, I don't want to trip over some cable or something, you know, and just bust my ass in front of all these people. <laughs> but I made it to the other side with no problems. So. so what kind of gear were you playing through? Um, I have a P bass and I was playing through an SVT Ampeg. Nice. Um, I got a, um, a, a, the little brother to the SVT right now. The, uh, V4? Yeah, V4B. Yeah. And then I got a single 15 um cab to match it nice. it doesn't really match it but it's from probably 99 98 and uh, nice. and the v4b is from the 70s but it sounds great um that time it was a it was the svt rig but and we had um inner monitors that we were set up to play that show in because it was an arena right it's probably fifty thousand people or something ridiculous you know just crazy and um we get there to, to do a sound check, and of course we don't get a sound check. They're like, "Yeah, we can just do a quick line check, make sure you got signal." But we, that's about it, you know. And, and you can't use your inner monitors because they use uh, RF, which is radio frequency, and it interferes. And so they didn't want us to mess up any of the RF from the Stone Show, of course. And so they're like, "We can't use inner monitors, but we can put some monitors out on stage for you," which of course don't do anything, you know. <laughs> I mean, and the place no that sound big, check either. No, and so as soon as we started playing, and I realized, like, I really can't hear much of anything very well. But you know, it it kind of made me smile because I I thought about that place I was telling you about the Under the Hill Saloon. That's where everybody cuts their teeth down this little bar, and it's so loud in there you can't hear anything in there either. And so it kind of oddly felt like familiar and comfortable you know, as soon as we started playing. Is it? And uh, as weird as it sounds, it was, it was like, you know what? I'm okay with this. You know, <laughs> it That's sounds weird. like a, a lot like the place I started in, but just bigger and boomier. So I've got a, I've got the same thing, man. I do a P bass. I have an SVT VR too, but I like my V4B better. I think it's just 
a little little bit more of a tone machine. Uh, mine's a mid seventy. Yeah, it's got rocker switches. It's the yeah. uh, Magnavox era V four B, and then I've Ooh. got matching uh, four twelve cab. Yeah, I looked at those too, but I, you know, my my thought was downsizing, you know, because I had the six ten with the SVT VR, and I was like, that's. I mean, I'm looking to play small clubs and stuff, and even bigger things. It's like, well, I mean, you don't really need anything that much bigger if it's if it's They're bigger than that. Di, yeah, I'm gonna run a Di anyway, but um, yep. yeah. So, but I, I wanted to downsize, so I just got a single fifteen. Um, but I did look at those matching calves, man. They're pretty sweet. The the 412 I got, it's so much lighter than the 410 that I used to have. Uh, oh, Ryan, really? Yeah, Ryan, the guitar player in Driving Wheel, we were we picked it up and we were loading it out after a gig. And he just goes, man, if I'd have known these cabs existed, I'd have bought one for you years ago. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, there you yeah. go right there, a Driving Wheel Ben Lewis show. Will oh, we see it? Fun. There we go. And we you have a good time. It's going to be on your apartment porch. Hell yeah, let's do it on your balcony, Brian. We actually, we actually <laughs> I don't have a balcony go. either. <laughs> uh, I've got a back porch, and I mean, I we could make something happen. I actually got a friend that lives right behind us that has a really cool fire pit right in the middle of town, and we all go over there and hang out around the uh, the fire and just jam on uh, guitars and ukuleles and acoustic instruments and shit. And it's a it's a good scene over there. But we we do have shows here. Um, Driving will play the show for it's we got 150 people limit at Rose Music Hall and um, we're ta- talking about getting something together with another band um, in late October. So I mean, shit, you want to come through Columbia? We'd probably get you a show at Rose. Yeah, I'm, that's seriously that. I mean, I'll be on the road in October, and I think through Texas and Oklahoma, and I mean, you know, I can head back up through Arkansas and get to get to Missouri. Well, you got a place to crash if you do, so for sure. Cool. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll change information. Good idea. Yeah. My grandparents are actually from um, Missouri. Um, right. my, grand, my, my grandfather was from Kansas City. Hell yeah. My grandmother was from Moberly, Missouri. I'm like 35 minutes from Moberly. Wow. Well, I've never been to Moberly, so that would be an interesting place because I'd like to go check that place out because yeah. it's kind of it's family history there, but... I've got some other uh, people and good friends and stuff in Little Rock too, so I can kind of move all up through that direction, you know, oh, yeah. indirectly. I can get to Missouri. <laughs> yeah, it ain't hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I support that 100%. And if I've had anything to do with inadvertently putting this, <laughs> helping that come together, that'd make me really happy, you know. You'll have to come down, Brian. We'll oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 We can try to figure something out like that. Yeah. What, so, Ben, are you looking at just being kind of solo going into the future, like any other uh, band kind of thing on the horizon with any folks anywhere? Or? Um, nothing right now. I'm uh, Really, solo stuff is kind of what I'm looking at, um, you know, for, for the foreseeable future. Um, and so I'm not saying I would turn down something. I don't know if, if uh, something came around. I, I do love playing bass. So I do miss that. I'm enjoying it, um, you know, recording and stuff that's, a lot of fun playing the bass lines, writing the bass lines and stuff to songs here at the house. But um, I do kind of miss that. But so we'll see. I don't know. But uh, for right now, yeah, I think doing the solo thing and, and doing the small, small gatherings, you know, porches and Facebook Live stuff, I think I'm going to try to 
focus on building that audience and um, and continue to write and just you know build build a bigger catalog and just see what happens. You know, keep making are, music. That's the that's the goal. Are you still involved with the Sharp Sounds Design Studios at all? Um, not really. No, I mean I I'm still in touch with Burn um, fairly regularly. I mean. You know everything's cool, but um, I only I did a couple. I helped him out with a couple sessions there. It's about it, really. But um, yeah, I, I haven't done much there here lately. He's kind of been in and out. He's in New Orleans, I think. Okay. Mostly now, so. Um, but yeah, might get back down that way at some point. I'm not yeah. sure. I've reached out to Burn. Hopefully, we'll get him on here soon. Um, you know. Uh, before we wrap this up, like one thing goal of this podcast is like to really show, you know, peel away the layers of the onion of what, what people think on a surface level Southern rock is like, what can you give your abbreviated opinion to me? Like it is made up of some of these amalgamation of different styles, like anything particular that, that if, if I were to ask you what is Southern rock to you, what, what would be the most direct answer that you'd give? And I think Dwayne Allman probably pops in my mind first and foremost um and then of course leonard skinner just kind of the you know yeah. what everybody envisions the southern rock but i don't know these days you know um yeah it's a different world uh, things things have changed a lot from the way it was um you know in the 70s obviously and and um so i think the music that's coming out of the south now has got kind of a different feel to it and um yeah it's a little more um I don't know. To me, it's kind of always represented unity. You know, if you look at Muscle Shoals, you think about Dwayne Allman and Wilson Pickett coming together and doing um, a Hey Jude cover at Fame. You know, the reason they were there together is because um, the guys, you know, from the studio took a break to go to lunch, and uh, and Wilson Pickett um, is African American, and Dwayne Allman had long hair, and those were two big no-nos in Alabama during that time, you know, <laughs> you didn't want to go into public like that. So they stayed at the studio. And, uh, because of that, they were able to, you know, come up with the idea like, Hey, let's cover this Beatles tune. And when you have Wilson Pickett singing this soulful bluesy, just, I mean, this incredible voice, you know, like R and B kind of thing. And then here comes Dwayne Allman's guitar playing, you know, rock and roll guitar. I mean, behind it, it, it's kind of a combination of two genres. A lot of people do credit that as being birth of Southern rock roll music, you know, and you know, something That's, so big and amazing happened because of something so um, terrible. And, and uh, it's, you know, people just made the best of the situation they were in and didn't let the outside opinions of other people, you know, even being such a negative thing, you know, they didn't let that affect, you know, their, ability to move forward to create something amazing so that slide solo it's so so iconic too um, and yeah and Dwayne on the scratch yeah raw oh, man. ripping yeah. Wilson Pickett is screaming all this stuff and yeah. his guitar is screaming back and it's just incredible man yeah. it's it's a chill bump moment for sure you know even now yeah, my dad had the uh Dwayne Allman anthology record when I was a little kid and you know being a big Beatles yeah freak you know i start digging through his records and i see hey jude on there and i'm like well i gotta have to give this a listen and i 
I heard that, you know, my jaw just hit the floor, man. I know. Incredible. Yeah. That's why, I, that's uh, where I named my daughter, uh, Jude. That's where she, who she was named after. Um, awesome. Right on. I always tell people that, come, you know, we love the Beatles and everything, but, you know, but she's named after the Wilson Pickett version. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> for sure. Jeremy, do you have anything in closing for our awesome guest? Um, yeah, hit me up on Facebook, man. Let me see if we can get something worked out for October, you know, uh, Absolutely. exchange some information. If anything, you know, can't do it now. We'll do it next time. You know, is, is that a Chihuahua minpin? No, she is a minpin and mini Aussie mostly. She's got two or three, four different things, but are predominantly minpin and, uh, Mini, well, they say mini American Shepherd, which is the same thing as a mini Aussie. I just tell people mini Aussie. So, Jeez. for the listeners out there and for those who know, Ellie Mays joined us on the podcast here. She's, She's uh, telling Brian it's time to go for that after a mid evening walk. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a dog that looks a lot like this, a lot of similar markings and the shape of her face and everything. She's kind of a probably Chihuahua, Min Pin, something. I don't know. Um, she's a little bit, but her name's Tiny Dog. <laughs> I got no, bird. She got ears just like that. So, <laughs> My, mine's named Bird Dog because she's a bird dog. Yep. <laughs> well, it all right, to, but, to fit, you know, my yep. complications. All right, Ben. Well, I'm really, really grateful that you joined us, and I know Jeremy feels the same. And I'm, I really hope there is a, uh, you know, a, a porch show there in Columbia, Missouri. So, we're gonna say uh, adios for now, and thanks for coming on, Ben. Thank you both so much, man. Y'all take care. Thanks for having me. Yeah, have a good night. You too. Well, we just heard our interview with Mr. Ben Lewis. And uh, I'm very pleased, as you you mentioned in the intro, like we could have a Ben Lewis Comancheros driving wheel show if all the stars align. Well, it doesn't appear that Comancheros are going to be able to do it. They're already booked. Um, and uh, the Halloween thing, uh, is the aspect is what we're going to kind of build it around a little bit. And so from what I've been made to understand, it's going to be two full sets of driving wheel. So, but Ryan says we have to rehearse, which I totally <laughs> agree. And it's really good to hear him say that, you know, because. You know, uh, it kind of took a little bit of the burden off of me to kind of maybe try and push that. So it won't be my fault that we've got to rehearse. That's all I got to say about it. And by then, will there be a single out or anything? I, you know, I, I would love to say yes. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I'm trying. I really am. Um, it's It's been a frustrating uh, process trying to get, you know, everything together the way that, you know, because you hear sounds in your head and, you know, you want the recording to kind of reflect what you're hearing in your head. And when it doesn't go that way, it kind of, it's kind of, I don't know, it's hard to explain without getting, you know, personal about it. it it's, um, you know, I, I hope so. I really hope so. Um, if anything, we might just put out I'm Gone as a standalone type of single um, thing. Uh, but if we were going to do a video 
uh, for something I would really I would like to do Poor Man's Rain from the record. Um, but I'm Gone probably isn't going to be on the record, so that would be like the contender to put out to like Spotify as like a quote unquote single. Do they even do singles these days anymore? I like I don't know how this works <laughs> anymore. I really don't. I'm you know because I live in such a vacuum. When it comes to music, like you know, when records come out, I put the I take the record out and I put it on the platter and I drop the stylus in the needle in the groove. Um, so I don't, I know people don't really buy records anymore. They listen to songs on like Spotify. So I guess you just release the single straight to Spotify. I you know I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, you know See? I mean I use Spotify a little bit. I mean. You know, if I can't get something on vinyl, like I'm going to go to CD because I at least want to have some physical copy right, instead like of something compressed even more down into a phone speaker. So, right. but uh, you know, well, what? I plug my phone into the stereo and listen to stuff right. off of live right. title. Right. Um, right. I, um, I have title um, because I'm a I'm in the uh, third man vault. Jack White's third man vault. I get the uh, what is it? Uh, I don't know. It's not professional. It's like you know, unlimited everything on title so it's like it streams in master quality it's um like red books 16 bit quality um and i can like download stuff to my phone from title and i can listen to whole albums in order but like all my friends have spotify so whenever we send stuff back and forth it's always in spotify links so i know that spotify is really really popular and like i have that on my phone too but it's not the unlimited access Spotify the way that I have with title. Yeah, so. I, I don't I don't have the the unlimited one either. I have like my list of like all things blues and southern rock songs. I don't know if there's a few hundred in there or something that Yeah. you know. Um but you know, you know, getting back to vinyl, it's it, like I'm getting back to this whole the whole ritual of it, you know, like you're opening it up and you're you know, yeah. you put it on the platter, you have to get up and put the stylus down and looking at the liner notes and and, you know, I remember uh, in the last couple of years, there was an order or an interview, sorry, not an order, interview with Rich Robinson. And he was saying, like, you know, you really have to pay attention because you have to get up and turn the record over. And it's like I miss that as an event, as something where I'm going to sit down, I'm going to pay attention, you know, so that's it's that. Like, it's awesome it's to get more, back to that. It's like it's more interactive. You know, it compels you to to take part in the listening experience as opposed to it just being like background music, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know anything. Uh, I definitely don't know anything about, you know, putting out music in 2020. The whole game's changed since the last time we've done anything like that. Um, but, you know, to to answer your question, yeah, I guess so. Maybe we'll be able to put a single out to Spotify. Okay. I don't know. We'll figure that out as we go, you know. Now, uh, we're not going to reveal, but we got a couple of, we've gotten some confirmations on some some guys that we're excited about. And, uh, yeah. I, I don't, let, you know. I'll let one slip right now. Yeah. Uh, Thursday, <laughs> Thursday, I'm going to interview Jay Gonzalez from the Drive-By Truckers. So right on, right on. Really, really excited right about on. that. Um, so, you know, everybody is a little... Yeah. Be on the lookout for that one. Right. So I guess uh, Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown got a new record coming out October 16th. They do. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I might know. have talked to somebody from that, from that <laughs> crew to, uh, you know, maybe see 
going on with that? Intent, wink, wink. Um, right. Before we uh, sign out, I have a question. Why in the hell am I just getting into Larkin Poe now? I, I have I, missed out on that. that question. Yeah. Like, what is wrong with me? Um, I like I'm I, you know, I would I was like going through I was on YouTube I'm looking at Lightning Malcolm I'm looking at uh, the All Stars I'm looking at Junior Cambro and then they you know come up in that that algorithm I'm like okay you know I've I've heard of them and everything and I'm like I'm playing this and I'm just like my jaw hits the floor I'm like yeah, they are fantastic yeah they're like, great. Just, in fact, if you if Larkin Poe, if you need a bass player to go on the road, <laughs> me and Bird Dog are ready to roll. <laughs> like I'm, I'm good. I can pay my rent, uh, <laughs> you know, up, you know, for however long we need to go. Well, let's do this. I'm ready. And on that note, always remember: Southern rock is reverent, and blues is blood. We'll see you next time. <laughs> was a mail-order woman for some wealthy man she come all this way to marry an American but that boat moved slow it took her 20 weeks by the time she arrived he had long since died in his sleep she got to Natchez, Mississippi up from Baton Rouge well she's a heartbreaker baby gonna walk all over you all them other guys they don't bother me She ain't loving them Like she's been loving on me I spend all week Trying to run that money down I see her every Friday night When the sun goes down I'm falling all over myself And I can't hardly breathe Won't you help me please And meet me after midnight Sneaking around last couple of weeks Says she's gonna try her best not to fall in love with me She gotta earn that living in between the sheets Cause working for Nelly, she'll be walking the streets I spend all week trying to run that money down I see her every Friday night when the sun goes down Breathe. Won't you help me please And meet me after midnight
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 